Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskank Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Saskatchewan crop report is out and harvest in this province is nearing completion. We'll hear from Matt Struthers with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Four Saskatchewan farm organizations want the provincial government to examine the proposed merger between Bungie and Viterra. We'll hear from the president of APAS, Ian Boxall, on that subject. And week eight of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field that took us to the Tyler Pinuk farm near Sturgis last night. We'll hear from Tyler coming up on today's program. All of those stories and much more on today's edition of Saskag Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Canada. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Many more producers have finished their harvest according to this week's Saskatchewan Crop Report. Matt Struthers is a cereal crop specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. We're coming to the end here on the home stretch, uh, certainly, and we're sitting at 95% of the crop um, off now for the province, up from 91 last week. Uh, you know, a small, uh, a small uh, forward progress, um, but you know that's just due to the the rainy weather we've had. You know, high humidity, kind of dewy days. Um, and that's just shortened the days for the producers out there trying to get the last of the crop off. So uh, once that weather dries up, uh, they'll be out there uh, getting the last of that crop off and, and uh, put this year behind them if they've had a bit of a tough one and, and, and focus on to the next one. He breaks down the harvest region by region. Harvest in the southwest and west central is, uh, is virtually complete. There might be the odd field out there uh, still left standing, but it'll be cleaned up pretty quick. Uh, next, the northwest and southeast have uh, 93% of their crop off. The northeast, um, 92, and the east central with 90. So um, everybody's uh, pretty well uh, close to being finished, and and especially for those you know the the east central and the and the northeast there, um, if they uh, if they just get that dry weather, that crop will come off real easy. But uh, it's just it's uh, it's funny that uh, right when you don't want it, uh, you get it, and when you really need it, it doesn't show up. So uh, the pesky rainfall. Struthers tells us which crops are being taken off right now. 
Uh, well, most of the cereal and, and pulse crops are off. Uh, there might be the odd uh, oat field out there maybe, and I know there's a little bit of Durham down here in the south, um, but virtually it's it's all off. Uh, canola is sitting at 90% um, combined, and same with same with flax, it's sitting at uh, 68%. So uh, those are the last two crops with the most to, to go so far. Um, and then, you know, the producers are certainly waiting for a, a, a frost. They're hoping for a good hard frost in the next couple of days here, and that'll set that flax uh, ready to be harvested and, and uh, save them a little bit of time. He says some rain was reported in many areas of the province over the past week. There was. There were several rainstorms, uh, some good showers that went through the province. Uh, like I said, it slowed down harvest, but it was. Uh, it's really good to see it finally rain, especially in, especially in lots of parts of the southwest uh, and west central regions. Uh, you know, that's going to go... Uh, uh, be very beneficial for the pastures to green up here before it gets really cold uh, and, and just help uh, replenish a little bit of that topsoil moisture. So, um, you know, some of the, the, the per- uh, per- precipitation varied across the province, um, but some of it ranged from 30 to 45 mils. So that's very, very good to see. Struthers then talks about the topsoil moisture conditions in the province. Uh, it came up just a little bit this week. Um, so cropland is sitting at 23% adequate, 52% short, and 25% very short, uh, followed by hay and pasture land, uh, which is rated as 19% adequate, 53% short, and 28% very short. So uh, as you can see, we need a lot of moisture to get us back up to, to adequate levels, uh, especially um, you know, just for, for how tough the last three years have been. So what I'd like to see is a lot more rain before it freezes, a good snowpack and a, and a good wet spring here to, to start us off. He notes they received some reports on crop quality this week. Uh, we just asked for uh, spring wheat this week. Uh, in the final report, there'll be uh, grades for all crops. Um, but just another hot, dry, and growing condition summer. Um, and then some late fall or uh, some late summer uh, moisture has resulted in a little bit lower grades than we'd anticipate. Um, so uh, it's coming in at 57% grade one, 37% grade two, and 7% uh, grade three. Sorry. So um, while while this is a little bit lower than the previous years, uh, it's still higher than the 10-year average. Uh, so that's very very promising to see. Struthers says there's been some reports of crop damage again over the past week. The main ones uh, this week have been uh, wind, uh, waterfowl, and just wildlife. Uh, you know, as those, as the geese and and uh, other birds move themselves south, uh, they're they're obviously landing in fields that uh, have some food out there for them. So they're making a little bit of a mess, but uh, the wind has certainly played uh, havoc on a lot of producers out there. And and there were uh, for some of the regions. Uh, who did receive those large um, rainfalls, there was some reports of of hail. Some of the damage has been assessed, uh, while others has not. He adds producers are busy again this week. Oh, those who uh, maybe have their fields dried out, they'll be out there combining again. Uh, But lots are hauling grain uh, either out of the field or out of their yards to make room for for new grain, uh, as well as moving a lot of bales home um, uh, into their bale yards and and then also moving cattle either closer to home, maybe a pasture closer to home or or right into the the pens there at home to get ready for the winter. Um, Lots of fall work going on, uh, post-harvest weed control and, and some harrowing going on. Uh, and those who have the moisture uh, are are putting down some fall applied um, fertilizers, but in the areas that are, are far too dry for it, uh, producers are holding off. And Struthers says there won't be a crop report next week.
Certainly, yeah. So this would be the last published report uh, until October 20th. On October 20th, the final report will be published and it'll encompass uh, the year uh, and then also have uh, a lot more information such as uh, grades and, and winter feed supplies and, and stuff like that for cattle. So um, next week, we'll still collect information from our crop reporters and we'll tie that into the final report, uh, but there won't be a, a report published next week. Matt Struthers compiled this week's crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. It's time now for the AgReview portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgReview. Rising interest rates are having little impact on Saskatchewan farmland values, Farm Credit Canada reports farmland values in our province rose 11.4% in the first six months of this year. That's the largest increase amongst all provinces. FCC says the market for available farmland is much smaller than the demand. Manitoba farmland values went up 6.4% over the same period, with Alberta at only 3%. The ice futures canola market hit its lowest levels in three months on the last trading day of September, but has since uncovered some support in the first days of October. Ken Ball of PI Financial in Winnipeg says canola has found a level where it's stabilized, but there's not a lot of life right now. He adds that all canola needs is a little spark, and it's just not getting it right now. With seasonal harvest pressure slowing down and crush margins historically wide, Ball expects canola futures could be due for a move higher. However, he adds speculators were still leaning on the short side of the market and showing a reluctance to buy. He says it will need some help from soybean oil to trigger a sustained rally in canola. However, while he expects that market should be stabilizing, recent losses in crude oil and diesel were bearish. The U.S. corn carryout for the 2022-23 crop year came in below average trade guesses, while soybean supplies were above expectations. That's according to the quarterly stocks report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture released Friday. There were 1.36 billion bushels of corn in storage in the country as of September 1st, which was down 1% on the year, and well below average trade guesses closer to 1.43 billion bushels. Of that total, 605 million bushels were stored on-farm, which was up by 19%, with off-farm storage down 13% at 756 million bushels. For soybeans, ending stocks were pegged at 268 million bushels by the USDA, with 72 million bushels on-farm and the remainder in commercial hands. That compares with the 274 million bushel carryout from the previous year, and came as somewhat of a surprise to market participants who had generally anticipated a small downward revision from the 250 million bushels projected earlier in the month. According to British intelligence, Russia may use sea mines to target civilian shipping in the Black Sea, including by laying them on the approach to Ukrainian ports. In July, Russia pulled out of a deal that had allowed Ukraine to safely ship food products out through what is traditionally its main export corridor. Ukraine responded by setting up a temporary humanitarian corridor for cargo vessels, and several ships have left Ukraine's Black Sea ports since.
Britain says its assessment of the intelligence was that Russia was seeking to target civilian shipping traveling through the humanitarian corridor in order to deter the export of Ukrainian grain. Last month, Britain accused Russia of targeting a civilian cargo ship at port in the Black Sea on August 24th in a missile attack it said was successfully thwarted by Ukrainian defenses. The Australian government says China is removing barriers to imports of hay from Australia, the latest step towards normalizing trade relations. China restricted imports of a range of commodities from Australia in 2020 after Australia called for an inquiry into the origins of COVID-19, but began to remove the barriers following a change of government in Canberra last year. Australian exports of commodities, including barley, coal and timber to China, resumed earlier this year, but barriers remain on wine, lobsters and meat from some abattoirs. Chinese authorities had declined to renew permits for Australian hay suppliers. The statement says suppliers are now registered to sell to China, but some steps may still have to be finalized before shipments can move. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return in two minutes' time. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and 7 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Four Saskatchewan farm organizations want the provincial government to examine the proposed merger between Bungie and Viterra. APAS, Sascanola, Saskwheat and Sask Barley have sent a joint letter to Agriculture Minister David Merritt making the request. Here's APAS President Ian Boxall. We've heard producers' concern with this merger and with the lack of competition and all of that. And, and the province has kind of set a precedent in the past for, you know, things that have a big impact on Saskatchewan. And this merger could have a big impact on Saskatchewan. So we're just asking that the government do their due diligence and have a little look into it. He compares this proposed merger compared to one in the past. Well, I think especially there's a lot of similarities with the one in 2010. And I know the merger in 2010 went ahead, but we're losing competition here. You know, Viterra and, and Bungie joining and the fact that Bungie also has money in G3, starting to kind of get where there's not going to be much competition left. So it's got to ensure that producers' interests are looked after and ensure that we adequate competition when we go to market again. Boxall says it's important for Saskatchewan to review the proposed merger. Well, I think we're the biggest player. Where mergers of grain companies has the biggest effect on Saskatchewan, we produce the most grain. So I think it's important that our province recognize that and just realize how big of a deal this is for Saskatchewan producers. He notes there's less competition now in the livestock sector, and he doesn't want the same thing to happen with grain. Right. I just don't want to see eroding of our markets. Like, I don't want to see where they're all... They have hands in every single person we sell our grain to, right? And, and if, if this merger goes ahead, Bungie will have shares in Bungie, in Viterra, and in G3. And that gets to be a concern for producers. Boxall says if the merger is allowed to go ahead, the companies may have to sell off some of their properties. There are some overlaps in some areas that would be affected. You know, my area, we have a new G3 in Malfort. We have a Viterra in Malfort, two Viterras in Tizzle, and a Bungie in Nipple. And that's a lot of overlap with shares all by the same companies, right? So there might have to be some looks at some of that, right? 
for sure in areas where these three outfits play a heavy role in the marketplace. He notes that the earliest the merger could go ahead is next June. Which I think is good. Let's give everyone opportunity to have a look at this. Let's give everyone opportunity to make sure that we've looked at all sides of this, the potential impacts from all sides for both us as farmers, for the transportation system, for the, the grain companies. And I think it being a year away is, is good for everybody, honestly. Boxall adds that there's more than just elevators involved. There's port terminals as well. Right, and what happens there and what happens with what happens with car allocation. And, you know, there's some concerns all around that, around the transportation, car allocation. And when it's the same ownership group trying to control all that, I just I have some fears. Transport Canada and the Federal Competition Bureau are already examining the proposed merger. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for December closed at 185.37 today, down 65. February live cattle closed at 189.60, down 77. November feeder cattle closed at 250.30, down 12. January feeder cattle closed at 253.05, down one full cent. December lean hogs closed at 72.27, down 3.10. February lean hogs closed at 75.95, up 2.85. And that's the livestock market conditions. Now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of October the 4th. Lots of calves moving right now at every stockyard across Saskatchewan and Manitoba. This market was steady but lower in some classes of cattle. Still a very good market to sell in. 3,300 head in the short with another 375 cows and bulls, a total of 36.75 going to the ring. These cows were a little stronger here yesterday. Bulls were steady. D1, D2 cows, 138 to 130 to 138, sales to 142, 143, D3 cows, 122 to 132. Older type, thinner, weaker, blemish cows, 30 to 80. Cows are averaging 131. From uh, all the way from Weeks, Saskatchewan, 1,500 pound cows topped out at 145. Good bulls, 150 to 160, sales to 173, 174. Bulls are averaging 162. From that good Springside area, 2,100 pound exotic bull. Topped out at 179.50. On to the pre-sort sale. We had our Charlet Influence sale here yesterday. Lesson up. 425-pound tan steers, 501. 500-pounders at 450. We had 63 Charlet steers weighing 575 pounds. They topped out at 407. The black steers at that weight, 104 of them, they topped out at 406. 650-pound tan steers at 386. My favorite pen, 710-pound tan steers, 375. 780-pound black steers at 365. Still a few yearlings around, 850-pound yearling steers at 315, and 950-pound steers at 304. On to the heifers. 425-pound tan heifers, 413. 500-pounders, 378. The 575-pound heifers, 357. The 650s at 331, and 710-pound heifers at 314. Some yearling heifers, 750-pounders at 314, 
the 850, 850-pound heifers at 285, and 950s at 273. Highlight of the morning, 83 little steers, 335 pounds. They topped out at 541. And some little heifers, they uh, weighed 350 pounds, and they were at 441. All in all, a good day. These last three days, with this wet weather here, just like to thank the Heartland yard staff for working hard to keep these calves nice and dry so they are presentable to the front row order buyers. Thank you, guys. You did a good job. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. And to everyone celebrating Thanksgiving Day, enjoy. Have a safe, long weekend, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. It was a warm, dry September, but there was some rain at the end of the month and into early October. This is Environment Canada meteorologist... Terry Lang. It was a pretty warm month. Everybody came in above uh, above average, and the farther northeast you went, the more above average you were. So most of Western Canada was warmer than average, but it seemed like uh, northeastern Saskatchewan and northern Manitoba kind of came in uh, with some of the highest above average temperatures. So everybody came in almost in the top 10 of the warmest Septembers. She says September would have been very dry, except for the rain that fell at the very end of the month. That's exactly right. It was really quite dry, and it would have been a lot drier had we not seen that weather system uh, move through. Uh, There's a couple weather systems that moved through at the end of the month uh, that caught a lot of the southern stations. So had we not had that, I think it would have been even a drier month. But Lang says rainfall has varied across Saskatchewan. Well, it was a bit of a mixed bag. The north didn't really receive any, just dribs and drabs. But across the south, because that was such a well-organized weather system, it was uh, coming from the state, so kind of organized itself in Montana. So it was able to really tap into the really warm air to the south. And, of course, warm air can hold a lot more moisture than cooler air. So some of the places in the southeast corner, we had reports of... uh, Uh, upwards of 30 millimeters of rain. Other places around 20 or so in the Saskatoon area came in around 25 to 30 millimeters. So almost everyone got in on the action. That's Terry Lang. She is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed mixed today. November canola closed at 711.20. That's up 40 cents. January canola closed at 719.30, down 30 cents. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 731 and a half. That's up 19 and three quarters of a cent. December Kansas City wheat closed at 690 and a half. That's up 24 cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 578 and a quarter. That's up 18 and a quarter cents. December corn closed at 497 and a half, up 11 and a half cents. January's make that November soybeans closed at 1280 and three quarters. That's up seven and three quarters of a cent. December oats closed at 432 and three quarters, 
up three and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Week 8 of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field took us to the Tyler Pinuk farm near Sturgis last night. After supper, I spoke with Tyler about his farming background. I've been farming now about 20 years. And uh, who do you farm with? Uh, with my dad. And who else? Well, just all the guys that work for me. And did you want to name them? Uh, yeah, actually I can. We got, uh, I'd like to say thanks to them too for helping us out this year. It's uh, Scotty, Nathan, Darnell, and Lee. And I don't know, there's probably lots of other guys out there that helped us, but I can't think of them right now. But uh, yeah, everybody's put a really good effort in this year and we've gotten to where we are. We're about 90% done combining. Still about 700 acres left to go. Okay, so do the math for me. How many acres did you seed this year then? Over 7,500. Okay. And what did you seed? Um, we just grow wheat and canola out here. Okay. We like and to keep it simple. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine. And where do you end up hauling it to usually? Uh, the canola to LDC in Yorkton. And then we also, the wheat goes to uh, PNH, Yorkton, Viterra, Canora, sometimes Richardson too. And uh, do you have any cattle? No, I'm not happy for that. <laughs> too much work. Yeah, and you don't get your winters off, but. But those guys, they work pretty damn hard. Exactly. And uh, so otherwise, the harvest, you said 700 acres left, or you're just waiting on the weather now? Yeah, just waiting for things to clear up here. And yeah, that's, we'll get her next week looks good. So everybody's pretty uh, pretty excited that we're <laughs> going to be done. We only need a couple days, so we'll get there. And it's just canola you're waiting on? Yeah, just canola standing too, so could be worse. So do you keep a pretty close eye on the markets? Did you uh, contract anything at the beginning of the year or you just kind of sell on a basis issue or how do you work? I mean, I always keep a close eye, but that's not saying I always do the right thing. <laughs> I mean, that's where you could make, I mean, you could spray fungicide and uh, do a lot of things to get you a bushel or two here and there, but marketing, thats if you could do that at the right time, that would be definitely the most profitable uh, thing you could do. But I mean, I'm not psychic and I don't know anybody that is. And of course, GX94 Supper in the Field, you were pretty surprised when I phoned you that you'd won. Well, I'm always surprised I never win anything, but, but it's been a good year because I did win something else this year too. So so you didn't enter yourself then? Uh, it was my second favorite neighbor, uh, Terry, that entered me and entered us in this. So and how, he, did you, how did you enjoy it? It was really good. I'd like to say thanks to uh, the chalet for cooking one hell of a meal for us tonight. And you were surprised that there were a lot of prizes that went along with it. Yeah, that was uh, definitely the icing on the cake. And anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I just want to say thanks to the guys that uh, that help us out throughout the year. Uh, some of them have worked for me now for like, I think 15 years. And that's uh, uh, Scotty, Darnell, Nathan, Lee, and Alex. Those are the main guys that have been out there. And uh, I'd also like to say thanks to uh, Terry for entering us. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like to thank you, Doug, for pulling my name. Okay, I just, I'd like to also say congratulations to Darnell and Skye on their, new, on their brand new baby, girl. We call her Baby P. And yeah, th also thanks to uh, Dean Serdashny, Serdashny Farms, that are they're coming to help us out, take the rest of our crop off. So say thanks to him. Our, our channel on... Uh, on uh, Instagram is Farming Watch, Farm Watch on TikTok. I'm just trying to show the picturesque landscapes up here, how beautiful it is here up north farming, and we're just trying to show how cool farming is. So if you want to give us a follow, 
Uh, it's Farming Watch on Instagram, Farm Watch on, tic- on TikTok. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That's Tyler Pinyuk from the Sturgis District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Yorkton Auction Centre, Sask Milk, LDC, Gowan Canada, Milligan Bio, Jump.ca, Maple Egg and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Break, The Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Please stay tuned. Saskag today will return right after these messages. Die. Welcome back to Saskag today. I'm Doug Falconer. Well, it looks like a vintage farm truck, but it's very unusual in that it runs on electricity. Miles Wright is a fifth-year electrical engineering student at the University of Saskatchewan, and he has converted a 1975 Dodge half-ton into an electric vehicle. Miles had his truck on display recently at the Charged Up EV show at TCU Place in Saskatoon. I thought this was a good idea just because it was a great way to save money, um, drive something cool, and save the environment. The electric motor is connected to the original four-speed manual transmission. Under the hood, it's about $20,000 worth of stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm probably going to have it all be paid off in eight years from just driving it and having fun. Miles gets about 80 kilometers on a single charge from the series of 26 golf cart batteries. I honestly think that there's a lot of vehicles that could be electrified and it's really great that because I electrified this I get to use it every day driving to work and also as just a farm truck and you can't get farm trucks that are electric for cheap anymore because they're all over 100,000 and it's nice that I can convert something that I use every day and is saving the environment. The 1975 Dodge Half-Ton is a good bale carrier as well. I've had about 48 bales on the back of the truck and I've used it. We actually hauled all of our bales this year and last year off of our field. And Miles says most of what he needed to learn for the conversion came from watching YouTube videos. I always like talking about electric vehicles and just explaining why there's so many benefits and why people should transition this way, but as far as projects at the university, I've always talked about electric vehicles and just the benefits of them. And yeah, I'm in my fifth year of electrical engineering at University of Saskatchewan. That's Miles Wright, who lives on a farm between Vanscoy and Delisle, southwest of Saskatoon. He converted a 1975 Dodge Half-Ton into an electric vehicle using a series of 26 golf batteries. Farm Bulletin Board. Just a reminder that Saskag Today is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose Saskag today. And yes, it is free. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. A 90% chance of occasional light rain, 5 to 10 millimeters possible. Winds northwest at 30 to 45, gusting higher at times, and a high of 8 degrees. For tonight, a 40% chance of showers, possibly mixed with flurries. Winds northwest at 20 to 35, 
and a low of 1. For tomorrow, increasing sunshine, winds northwest at 15 to 25, a high of 8, an overnight low of plus 1. For Saturday, partly to mainly sunny, winds southwest at 15 to 25, and a high of 17. For Sunday, sunshine and a high of 15, and for Thanksgiving Monday, mainly sunny, a high of 13. In the Paw and Brandon, it's 10 degrees. Swan River and Roblin are at 8, Dauphin 11, Show Lake Russell 7. Regina, Saskatoon, Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington all reporting in at 6 degrees. Hudson Bay 8, Broadview, Mooseman 7. The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a west-northwest wind at 39, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour. 84% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 7 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.